On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the new world golf number one player, Brooks Kepka. We'll also get into um, having to wear pants and slacks, you know, now that it's fall here, golf, wrapping up the season, having to wear some slacks, pants. Uh, John's going to touch on some new shoes he tried out. And then we're going to get into one of our favorite topics lately, gambling, golf gambling. Um, you know, kind of games you can play at the club, whether it's, uh, you know, a friendly match with uh, some guys in a four-ball match, maybe a little one-on-one action. You know, what are, what are you going to do with a little gambling there? How do, what kind of games do you like to play? And then we'll wrap it up. We're going to do a little tequila tasting. We got the uh, Herradura. I guess I, that's how we Respirado. say it. I don't know. I might have to, like, Google that while we're, while we're talking here to make sure I pronounce Herradura right. So What's we got that? A, but it's uh, a Respirado. Yeah, we got a Reposado, um, and uh, so we'll talk about that. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Faded Golf Podcast. I am Mark Julien with partner in crime, John Falkenberg. How are you, John? Good. How are you, buddy? We are uh, we're, we're good, other than the weather here in Indiana has been kind of shitty. Uh, it, like, flipped from summer to fall and when Shocked. i say when i say shitty i'm saying like God, you know we're we're not even 60 we didn't even get 60 degree days we went immediately from like 70 80 degree days to like 50 degree days um that being said we had an opportunity to play yesterday and it was pretty nice about i think it was probably like mid it. 50s upper 50s and you know had if a couple, you're walking it's great had a couple layers on whatever it was still great for golf but you know gosh it was almost like a shock to the system that uh, that told me that golf season's wrapping up. So I hate to complain, but um, I'm going to complain a little bit about Indiana weather because it just came too soon. Indian weather sucks. Yeah, it blows. Which you'll touch on some Florida weather you're going to uh, get into here in a couple weeks. But, um, you know, I, as I mentioned, we got a couple topics today. First thing kind of on the agenda, Brooks Cupcake, I mean, Kepka, um, number one in the world. What is this, like already within... This year, what have we had, like 20 world number ones? I don't, I don't know how the point system works or whatever it is, but I tell you what, player well, of the year, two-time two majors, majors championship He deserves year. it. He's, and then obviously, you know, winning in Asia, you know, the guy's earned it. Um, uh, There's no question. Um, to be number one in the world. He's hitting the ball a mile. He's, I, love the, I, love the, I love the way he strikes the ball. And obviously, uh, to be at that elite level, he's putting really well too so um <laughs> there was a highlight actually last week this was kind of funny um he like pops up a drive which i didn't know pros really i saw that up a drive he pops one up to like 250 which still 250 yard pop, pop up pop not up. too shabby he still makes a green too yeah par five. A par five i saw it. 300 in the dude rips a three wood to like 25 feet that was a four iron, but I don't know if it was that far, three hundred yards. But he hit a four iron. No, he didn't hit a four iron. It was a three wood. But it was. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. I heard the commentator talk about the cut shot he hit on sixteen, a two hundred forty-eight yard four iron. He hit a bell reef yeah. on number sixteen. So I don't know. It could. He hit three wood in this particular situation, but 
Um, which is still freaking long. We, a three hundred yard three wood. We'll, we'll, we'll settle. The, we'll settle. He, he also flew it to the green. It's not like he did some. It went over like hook runner, you know, into the green like you know some some guys would. So uh, very impressed, obviously, by this guy's game. He's just taken it deep. I think what it's proven to me, or it's shown to me, is that if you look even back into the archives of the game, right? So if you look back into when. Uh, Jack, um, you know, kind of came into the game when it was prime. And you look at, well, kind of jump to Tiger, you know, and now we've got, you know, like your DJ Brooks. The longer hitters, when they're playing at the peak of their game, they win. Distance. Oh, no, yeah, distance. that's no question. You know, I thought, actually, you know, I was, here, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let me stop here. Actually, I was wrong. I thought I knew where you were going, and I didn't. I thought you were going to go into your cut love. Oh, <laughs> but well, I, no, I do. I do. But, yes, I do. Have, but no, I but you're a hundred percent right. The guys yeah. that when they're playing at the top of their game, they're longest hitters. Yeah, because when you have a uh, a fifty degree wedge in your hand versus an eight iron, right? I mean, and you're and you're on your game. The, I, the, it's just it, the ball's going to stop close to the hole. You're going to hit, yeah, your, your margin of error is going to be much less. Um, but I, I think what, what's been interesting is, like, there's this debate kind of like roll back the ball, roll back the clubs, what, what are you going to do, you know. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because the longer players are always going to be better than the shorter players, and that's just the way it's been as long what as you are kind of keeping it in what do, you, what do you think of that? I actually am okay with... Just, you know, Jack Nicholas is a fan of, of just everybody use the same ball. Yeah. If you use the same ball, it will keep things. I mean, you can keep changing equipment, but if you have that same ball, it'll stay consistent to a form. To what a degree, but at, at the same time, the guy who, let's, let's take your Jordan Spieth, for example, that hits it 280, 290. Yeah, he can be sneaky long and get it out there as well, but... You know, so let's say that, he, that there's a guy that's averaging 280, 290 off the tee. DJ and Rory and Brooks are still going to be 40 yards past him regardless of the ball. Regardless. It's not like it's going to near. It's not like, oh, it's going to allow Jordan now to keep it. You know, he, his t- it's going to just bring back the longer hitters. They're still going to be past him. Won't matter. Well, and that's, so, what, that's what people want to see in, in golf. And, and, well, the, but, I hey, think, let's go, I can go back in time. Just so, so flashback. Now, I, can go okay, back to so, fl- I can go back to a flashback. You put the long hitters on a very narrow fairway. Yeah. Problems happen. True. But, so okay, so you take Brooks, who was hitting a gap wedge from whatever distance he is now. Now he has to hit eight iron. Whereas Spieth now has to hit what? Five iron? Four iron on some of these holes? Such a huge difference. Eight iron versus five four iron is a I don't big know, gap. I don't know how you're using speed so much. He's not that short. He's gotten a lot longer since he's came on. All right, fine. Let's use Zach Johnson. Okay, you know, well, yeah, that's fair. You know, whatever. Two-time major winner, though. Absolutely. I'm still talking about an elite golfer here. I'm not talking about Joe Schmo that, you know, just came on tour. We're talking about people that have won majors. So, but I'm just saying, you roll back the ball, I think you're negatively impacting... Even the, the short hitter. The short hitter as well. It's not about just the long hitter. I think you... Hey, you know what? Here, there's a... Per- they, okay, here. Most, Mark, these Mark, balls, Mark. These guys We're are, both from Indiana. Yeah. Do they use the same ball when they, when they go on the, uh, the hardwood? 
Basketball court? Yep. They keep the same. Yeah. It keeps it consistent. Everybody shoots the same ball. They all shoot the same ball now, essentially. But, I mean, it's kind of weird. Think they about all play golf. Think about a golf. One, dude. But think about a golf. Yeah. Well, but just keep the ball the same. It is. Well, no, it's not. They all they use different balls. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm sure that Callaway goes so much further than the Tiger. But it's Pokemon. weird. It's different. It'd be like, hey, I'm going to use a Wilson ball versus a what? Uh, so you could well, you know, you could force them all to play like top flights that don't spin. That'd be that'd be awesome, actually. You know how far that would go? Like, see Brooks hit a top flight. <laughs> It'd be Denton driver faces. I mean, do you like they? I mean, those are like hitting like a rock. Oh God! But I, oh, I like, like that's a that's always been kind of the problem with golf. Like I've never so I started golf late. I just there's always it's a lot of different things there. You, you know, first of all. Always thought of a sport, you know, you got to play defense, and <laughs> that doesn't happen in golf. You got to have the same ball. That doesn't happen in golf. Everybody's got different equipment, and you got somebody constantly helping you all the time, right with you. That's just, you equate that to any other sport, it doesn't, it's not the same at all. A little bit, yeah. I get it. It's not. It's definitely different, yeah. Go compare any other sport to it. It's fine. But you know what, like, it, um, it's it's car racing. That's the closest comparable sport to golf. Car racing, uh, yeah. It's uh, the closest thing. Oh, uh, bowling. <laughs> you no, you're right. That's it. Bowling because they can use different balls. Yeah, different shoes, different balls. Exactly. I guess. I mean, different shoes. Tennis. <laughs> different different tennis. A little bit. They use the same ball. They use, they, right. They use the same ball. They use some different rackets, but. They're all about the same. I think they should use the same ball. Jack is behind it, dude. I'm telling you. That's I think that's a very important Well, you know what? That's a debate for another day. I didn't I didn't necessarily anticipate it getting into a ball debate. What I'm just suggesting is that people want to hear the, the bombers. Ball debate. They want to hear the ball debate. But here, well, we will talk about the ball debate at some point. But my point is, is that if you're a long hitter and you're at the top of your game and you're hitting you're putting that ball into the fairway more often than not, you're winning golf tournaments. At least these elite guys are. And the longer hitters are just, they're taking advantage of it. DJs went on a run. Jason yeah, Bates gone on a run. Because you don't look at, like, Brooks, Brooks can putt. Mm-hmm. But you don't look at him like some elite putter. He's an elite putter when it comes to, like, the... If, the, if, the, you're, if you ever would put, like, Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka into a top ten putting conversation, people might laugh at you. So Really? Yeah. These guys, they just bomb the ball. They hit wedges close, and they, they make enough putts within 15 feet that because they practice it a lot, it's good. But, you know, your guys like Mickelson that are scrambling all the time, getting up and down, Ricky Fowler is borderline probably one of the best putters too. Now I think he hits it a long way as well, but that dude gets up and down from everywhere. Yeah, but he's still 20 yards shorter than Kepka and Johnson. But he gets up and down from everywhere. He makes everything within 10 feet. Yeah, but and he, and so Mickelson's kind of the same way. I love I love Ricky Fowler. I think he's one of the, like one of my favorite like human beings on the the PGA Tour. Oh, I, but he is he puckers up when it comes to yeah, really big unfortunately, moments. Unfortunately, I think he um, he does his uh, best moment was the players in 2015. Yeah, well, it was 16. That was 16. Right? He, he doesn't have that great like driving like instinct to just finish stuff, and I. I actually admire that about him too a little bit. Like he doesn't, I, 
I, I feel for the guy, but at the same time, like, I feel like uh, he's just, he's who he is, and it's human, and I, I kind of admire the fact that he shows, it almost like he shows that he's human, it's tough, it's tough to win out there. He is, he, I saw him at Crooked Stick at the BMW when it was here, what, a couple years ago, he is live, one of the best, it was him, um, Kisner, and, uh, gosh, I forget the other guy, but there was such a difference in his ball striking off the tee yeah. versus Kisner. Anybody, Ricky is He's solid. He is elite. Great putter, solid. He, ball striking. He gets a little, he gets a little off every He's now and then. He's a little guy, too. Oh, he's not big, no. All right, we're going to take a break real quick because I'm going to pop another Steve. <laughs> A.K.A. And, uh, Budweiser. For, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the for the non-listeners. So, John um, John spent, how many years did you live in St. Louis? Fifteen. Fifteen years in St. Louis. And so, uh, the king of beers is, uh, you know, pretty strong there in good old St. Louis. So, I, I, you can tell the Steve story, but like at some point, would you have like a buddy that called him Steve's or something yeah, like that just, versus I mean, Budweiser's? Yeah, I, look I how just, look how easy you picked it up. I know. I'm just like, let's <laughs> have some Steve's. <laughs> so anyway, we just we cracked some Steve's. Yes, we're gonna taste some tequila in a little bit, but we're <laughs> drinking some Steve's in between because nothing goes down with tequila as well as Budweiser. So um, anyway, God, the show has gotten out of hand. Um, Moving on, so it is. I, I we talked about the weather a little bit. Um, I thought you said we we're taking a break. We did take a break, so I could crack open the beer. That's it. Um, moving on. Um, I just wanted people to know that that's what the crack was in the background because they're going to hear it. So the weather kind of stinks. You got to put on layers upon layers. We did have a nice day yesterday where I was able to at least peel off the sweatshirt. Um, and just have like the, you know, whatever the Under Armour or whatever the hell, and a golf shirt, which wasn't too bad. Breeze picked up a little bit, but um, slacks when this time of year, like the style that's been going on, and Brooks is actually a perfect example of like the style of pants. Um, and I think I posted on our Instagram account, maybe our Twitter account, a couple weeks ago. The nut hugger frickin' pants that is like the current fashion style right now. It's it, terrible. It's absolutely awful. You go into your golf galaxy or whatever shop, you know, wherever your pro shop is that you like to go to, and you go put on the Under Armour or the Adidas or half the pants out there, and I feel like you know what the my premise nuts is for are it. literally like but sticking out of the frickin' pants. Do you know what the premise is for it? I mean, you got these. Younger stud golfers, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, and you know they design they they design it around them. You got Dustin Johnson walking down with you know a couple. So so you're telling me it's basically designed for women to look at these guys' butts? No, they're looking at you know butts and nuts. I mean that's butts (laughs) butts and nuts. That's what they're looking at. And I put I have Adidas like pants. We use them for our, our golf team. I mean, they look good. Like, you can wear them. Like, if I'm going to work, it's okay. Yeah. Like, playing golf, and it fucking sucks. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. I bought, I bought like, three different colors of Under Armour ones last year because uh, I liked the way they, they were cut, kind of like the way they, were, they fit and the way they looked and whatever. 
and then I found myself like sitting down in them and I was like, I, I felt like I was just pinching my entire crotch like to all hell. While I'm standing and walking, and maybe that's part of the design, is that when you're not sitting down, they fit better and they're more comfortable. But whenever I sat down in the dang things, because I was wearing them to work or wherever, I was like, these are the ter- most, these are the worst pants ever. So the, the champion pants I bought from, I think we bought, I bought them from Target. I have like yeah. two or three pairs. I love them. <laughs> there you go. Target. $30 pants. pants. $30, $30 pants. $30 pants are more great. comfortable on your crotch. Um, then, and they uh, breathe. Then what you can get at the the uh, the Golf Galaxy, the ones that I've found that I've really liked, and I actually I was at um, I'm trying to think where I was when I first saw a kid wearing them. I think I was at uh, Plum Plum Creek, might have been Prairie View in Carmel, and there was a kid on the Carmel golf team, and I saw him wearing these pants, and I was like, what are those pants? And they were uh, Lululemon pants, actually. So I like looked them up. How old were you? This was like probably three years ago or something like that. And um, I was like, oh, crap, Lululemon. I mean, that's obviously like an athletic kind of brand, yoga brand. Chicks probably more wear it than dudes do. And uh, I think I had like a, I think the only thing I had from Lululemon is like a pair of running shorts or something like that that my wife gave me for like a birthday gift or something one year. And um, so I was like, well, shoot, I'll go check out these pants. So I hopped online and I bought a pair. And in the description, they're called the ABC pants, the anti-ball crushing <laughs> pants. And it's all I wear now. It's, it's basically all I wear. I wear them to work. I wear them to play golf. I wear, I've, got, I've got them in five different colors. And I got like light gray, dark gray, black uh, khaki. Oh, I have to go. I have to go try those. Khaki out. and like I've got like a military like green one. I've I got have. I got five. Oh no, time out. I got six. I got a navy pair too. I got six pairs of these. I just rotate them. You wear them now? Yeah, these are my yeah. Got the, these are the khaki ones. The ABCs. They don't. The anti ball crushing. Look at you. And it, hey, look, John. By the way, is crushing his USA socks today from Ryder. Getting a little Ryder Cup nostalgia, but. Hey, shout out to Lulu Lemon. Look, we've been, this is what's great about this show. We don't make any money off of us promoting brands and us promoting the shit that we do. We just promoted Budweiser. We just promoted Lulu Lemon. We just shat on uh, Under Armour and Adidas. And uh, we're going to talk about some tequila later, too. So you get free shout outs, apparently, in the uh, Faded Golf podcast as well. Unless you guys want to donate to us one day, you know, it'd be fine as well. Um, there you go. So, uh, it's tough to find a good pair of golf pants. Pants, uh, we uh, we all feel your pain out there. But I'm going to throw out. I recommend the uh, ABCs from Lululemon, and John recommends if you're on, like, if you just want to like, just get a nice pair of pants for thirty bucks that work. You just go find the champions at Target. They do. Dude, the trick. they were gr- they're great. I have three pair of them. They're they awesome. do the trick. I'm going to have to check them out. So unless you want hundred dollar pants from Lululemon, so those are the other option. Um, Topic of the week, John and I, uh, well, John especially, and this is kind of like more coming from John. Like, I don't get to play friendly golf. I, have, I wasn't able to play as much friendly golf maybe this summer, and we call it friendly. But um, I played, as we've mentioned in a previous episode, I played uh, in these like season-long match play events at the club. It almost takes up 
if I play once a week, it's been taking up two rounds a month uh, for the last six months for me to play in these and you events. You have to really plan for it, too. And I have to plan around it, and so then it becomes a challenging to squeeze in some other rounds. And so John's been able to play some more kind of friendly golf and some money matches with uh, other members and things like that. So we wanted to touch a little bit on money matches and gambling um, at the club. And, and we had kind of a debate that came up yesterday. We wanted to just kind of discuss a little bit. And, and uh, we'd love for your feedback. Um, you know, tweet us, whatever it is, uh, some of your feedback. We'd love we, to hear some. We're going to be careful how we talk about this because this, this is a topic that we know like at any golf club or anybody any type of golf out usually if people get moderately serious about golf they get started gambling absolutely well, so hey we could go a lot of different angles with this today i mean like we which we, we were talking a little bit i mean we were talking about handicaps earlier <laughs> like, this is what's kind of funny when john and i decided to record these podcasts because we just sit around and talk about freaking golf anyway before we even press record, John and I were talking for like 45 minutes about this shit. Like, just off the cuff, whatever it is. And so, um, we aren't necessarily trying to be careful with what we're talking about here. But at the same time, we've already kind of hashed out some of this stuff a little bit and had a little bit of a debate. And that there's absolutely plenty of people out there that want to play golf. And I, I also believe there's plenty of people out there that work their handicap for a few reasons. Well, here, look. There are so many things I could talk about with gambling and golf that I do understand and I don't. Like, I think from somebody coming in from a new perspective, you're getting intro to, hey, I'm getting with a group of guys. They like to gamble. Um, and you're, you're new to it. You don't really understand it. Like, yeah, we're, you, not, we're not talking do about... Do not be shy. We're not talking about like $100 hole type stuff do, here. Yeah, do not be shy about saying, hey, you know, guys, I really don't understand this. Let's keep it as simple as possible. And if the guys are not cool with, like, keeping it simple, then, you know, I'm a little bit wondered about your playing partners. I'm just being honest. Like, but keeping it simple where you can understand, like, hey, what's going on here? What am I gambling for? Let me ease into it a little bit. Yeah. Starting out. Um, but if, you know, you start playing your Nassau, you got your, your, your front nine, your back nine, your overall, and then you have your presses that start coming into place. I mean, there's so many things that could happen there. If you say, hey, let's just play an asshole, and then your, your guys that you're going against say, hey, I want to go play, I want to be able to have the presses open, it's, I, look, Mark, you could back me up or you, or, or, or disagree. I really want to know your opinion. But what do you think? Should you say, hey, just have a press on the nine, back, single, and overall. A single press on the Three presses. Cat. Yeah. So it, it, I didn't understand. Like, we had, we had a bunch of gambling going on. And I totally pay up. You know, everything's fine. And we agreed to it. But, I mean, there was, like... Five, six, seven, eight bets going on. It, I, I, will, I will. I don't like that I will confusing suge- nature of gambling with it. I will. I will it suggest gets you away from golf. You can get a little bit carried away with presses for sure. Um, I think you can get a. You can get carried away with um, a lot of different games. I mean, shoot, something that's been popping up in my Instagram feed is 
like this, I, I think they call it an animal or something like that. It's like a bag of coins you get. And like if a guy does or doesn't do a certain thing on the course, they like they have to carry this coin to the end of the round. And if they're still carrying the coin at the round, end of the round, they owe, you know, you can gamble it's on that. Golf. Like there's that. And then there's obviously these like, what were you talking about? Sneakies and pulleys and whatever. I, have you played sneakies? No, hell no. I'm, and I, I played a lot of sneakies and not a lot, but enough to like where I lost enough money. There's plenty of side bets that can happen in golf, and I think that there there is a point where up front, what you need to do when you are gambling is make sure that like you create limitations for you know what the game is, and um, you know the way we played last week, where it was like. You know, we were pre- people were like pressing presses, and th- there ended up being. I mean, even on a ten dollar Nassau, you know, there ended up being um, almost a hundred bucks on the table by the end of the round. You 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 started out with three bets, and it ended up being ten bets. That that see, it, it definitely got out of hand. And um, to me, I I've always felt like there's there's three bets out there. There's the front, the back, and the eighteen on a Nassau. And you, at any point, so when you're down, you can press one of those bets. If you're down on one of those bets, that's what it is. There's a press. There isn't pressing presses. And then we got into a big debate yesterday when we played in that we're on the front nine. We're two down going into the... Uh, it's closed out. The bet going into the, We're two down going into the seventh hole. The, the guy we're playing against strokes... So we're not going to press him going into seven because we're he's going to get a pop. And so we decide not to. And, of course, with his pop, he goes birdie net eagle, closes out the front nine. So we get to the ninth hole where we actually stroke uh, along with that guy who strokes. And there, one other guy in the group, the one handicapper we're playing, doesn't stroke on nine. And so... He's like, I, I specifically we, asked we his won. partner. I specifically asked his partner, "Hey, you know, I, you know, the the bet's close. You thought it was closed out. I thought it was closed out. We're walking we down that nine. We're walking down the ninth fairway though, and they're like, man, I'm really surprised you didn't press us there. Like, I was like, press what? You can't. I was like, you can't press. The match was closed. So then we go, we break off and go to our balls and 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 finish out the ninth hole." And we get up then to like the, we start walking down the 10th hole and it becomes like a debate of like, well, no, I've always played that you can just press whenever. And I'm like, well, it's not really a press if the bet's closed. So I will say, I mean, at this point in the podcast, I'd love anybody's feedback on this. Tweet us, hit us up on Instagram, you know, here and I'll share it wherever it is. Um, We'd love your thoughts on this, but, and I'll, I'll throw it out there, but. My the way I've always played is that if a bet's open, you can press it. If a bet's closed, it's freaking closed. That's so you know we could we could have pressed the eighteen at that point because we were down three on the eighteen. Um, we could have pressed uh, at that point. That, that was that was the only bet that was essentially still open because we hadn't gotten to the back nine yet, and the uh, front nine was closed. So. Um, at any rate, the uh... I've I look I've I've heard like the press and gambling. You know that it's liberal rules. You need to set like what you said up front, Mark. You need to make sure that the the parameters are set pretty set. 
like stamp. Yeah. Like you need to make sure you understand what you're getting into. Yeah. Like what the presses entail. I mean, Nassau is easy to understand to me. Yeah. And to me, to me, it's like it. W- Here's the thing. When golf becomes more gambling, where it's just gambling, it's not golf. Right. Then it, that to me becomes a little less enjoyable. It really does to me. If you want to make more juice, like if the, like the person you're gambling with is like, hey, you want to, if you want to make more money or possibility mm-hmm. to make more money, yeah, just make the Nassau more. Right. That's it. Make it. 500 bucks or 100 bucks. I don't care. Just make it yeah. more. And then you can focus on that instead of all these presses. It's just, it, 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 even though presses are cool, like you can, you can get back in it. I, I get that why the point of it is. But um, when it's like unlimited presses when you're down, I don't understand it. It just seems like it could be confusing and like it, just exactly what happened with me and you on the other day. Cause I told you I wanted to press on nine. Yeah. And we both agreed, like, okay, we can't do it. And I talked to his playing partner. He's like, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's closed. And we didn't talk to Chad, who was our, the other guy. He's well, like, why didn't you guys press on nine? Yeah, because we would have won because I hit the putt. Right. Well, I, to me, three bets. That would have been three bets. To me, three. you're just in that situation, it was like opening up a new bet. So it wasn't really a press. And so I think there's just kind of a difference. And I'm, I'm fine with if you open it. Hey, you know what? You can double down on any given hole. You know, it's like, a, you know, hey, fine. Double down on nine. We're just, it's, not really a, it's not a press at that point. Just be like, hey, you guys want to play for 10 bucks on nine? Okay, fine. You know, we could have done that. It's a totally different bet, but it's not a press. A press is against a bet that's still open. So that was where the debate and, was. And from a and from a like a literal like meaning, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, I get it. Everybody gambles a little bit different. Some people gamble a little bit more. But that's aggressively. what a press means, though. Correct. Absolutely. It's, it's that's on a bet. It's yeah. on a current bet. Right. Yeah. It's not like a, It's not like a separate bet. Correct. It's based on a nine, back nine in the overall. Yes. So you can't just open some random press. No. Can't do it. Can't do it if it, if a bet's closed out because you. That's lost how it. I understood it. That's the best way I understood it. I ha- I haven't Googled it yet. There's probably somebody on Google, but you know what? I'm gonna throw it out in the Twitter verse, and uh, I'll I'll throw it out on social media and see what your alls thoughts are too. Um, that could be the topic of the week. Is you know, can you press a nine that's already been closed out? Love to know your thoughts on that. Um, and then uh, we can talk about we can. What we'd like to do is actually get a couple of these guys that are like what I what I consider, you know, hey, you know, they, these guys like to gamble on the course, and we'd like to bring them in as guests in future casts. So they're better gamblers than us. They're much better gamblers than us. They're very good. Lost a lot of money well. to them. John's lost a lot of money this summer. As I said, I, I haven't been able to play as much in these money games. But um, to kind of summarize, though, I, I think uh, part of golf that's fun is a little bit of gambling. Put a little pressure on the line. I'd much rather be looking down and staring at an eight-foot putt for par, net birdie, or a 12-footer for birdie with my partner, knowing that that could put us out the hole or it could win us you know, something, whatever it is, whether it's $10, $5, whatever. You guys play dollar Nassau's out there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I always just feel like it's more fun to have something on the line 
uh, put a little pressure on some of these strokes versus just um, going out there and trying to shoot a score. Uh, you know, there's there's a point where I think we all realize like we're not that we've maximized like our game or that we're capped out and we can't get any better. But you know, you, you put a handicap cap game together. You know about what your players are you're playing with, what kind of their average scores are, and that uh, that's where you're at. So, um, on to the Herradura. We've got a Reposado here. It's um, ah oh man, I got I'm standing up here because I'm gonna go find me a cup. I'm gonna pour a little bit of this stuff. Where's your glass over there? Oh, you still got some left, or did you kill it? All right. It's so, taste. just a little splash. Look at that. All right, so we're talking about a. Um, this well, we're gonna segue into a. Uh, We've been drinking some Steves. Our our usual our usual time of the podcast where we we are uh, are gonna, aver- not advertise but talk about. No, we hey we're a just drink. trying to. We're just trying to give a nice little uh, critique, a uh, little review. Um, from as we've as we've mentioned, it's it's very amateur. This is not something we are. There are plenty of uh, YouTube shows or podcasts or whatever um, that you can get on that drink bourbon and beer and probably talk about it at a much higher level. But we're trying to bring a, and maybe we'll come up with a. You know what, John? We should start. Having some type of a, a rating system. I think we got to. I think it's a good that. idea because you know, I, while we don't drink the same thing every time, I think we have to come up with a like a. I don't know. We're gonna work on that. What is like? Is there, like do you know anything can, about? Suggest everything we've. Do you know anything about this? No. Distillery. No, I don't know a damn thing. It's in Mexico. Um, but. Uh, this is uh, aged eleven. Look, months. I like I like your idea of rating. I think well, because what we've been what we've been doing is we've been drinking stuff that we've I think we've suggested everybody. Hey, you should try it. I don't think there's anything we've drank so far that you should try it. But I, my what I'd like to do is come up with something that says we're going to put this on like a ten point scale. Let's do or, a ten point scale. That's and say for like everybody. you should like and so basically like anything. Above probably a seven or an eight, we would probably recommend that you try it, kind of thing. But I, I kind of want maybe we should make it golf related, and it could be like, hey, we're going to give this like a, um, you know, we're going to rate this like four T's, five T's, or something like that. No, I, let's I get ten point we'll, scale. Ten, ten point scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Ten point scale. All right, we'll figure that out. Well, let's going forward, we'll do that. Let's we're going to do that. Let's look. We're, the the Herodura. Here's, like, here's the beauty of this. We're trying not to drink shit anyway, but we're trying to say it really comes down to would you tr- should we ask you to try this or definitely get it? And, and really, I think that's where it comes down to. Like, hey, tr- if you like X, if you like tequila, if you like reposados, you know, at the end of this, we're going to say, hey, we definitely want you to do this, whatever. And maybe you put it on a scale. I don't know if we're good enough to put it on a scale. That's all I'm suggesting. It's almost like it's a thumbs down, a definitely try it. But we're going to work on that. Next episode, we will have that dialed in for you all, at least with this in particular. Um, we've been trying it on the rocks. I got, we got it kind of neat right now, though. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want to I wanna try it neat, actually. Um, God, it's got this awesome so smokiness smooth. to it. That is a fantastic. Um, if I had to say a rating for a tequila, on like just a tequila rating, 
This is close to a 10 to me because I've, I've had, I don't know, I mean, I probably had 30, uh, 20 different tequilas. This is light, smooth. Well, you know, in, in our first episode, we did the Classe Azul um, Reposado. And I tell you what, that's an expensive bottle. It was, what, like an $80 bottle of tequila. Um, it comes in a phenomenal bottle. Uh, really cool. It's almost like a piece of art. And uh, it has a, a nice smoky flavor. It reminded us of a whiskey. And I tell you what, this, this has some scotch type of uh, flavoring to it to a degree. And maybe it, you had mentioned before you thought it was almost kind of peaty. It's got some smokiness to it. And it's just good. It's a good, it's a good it's, tequila. It's very smooth, very easy to drink. Uh, for $45, I think $44.99, something like that. Um, it's a quality hell, it's, tequila. I mean, it, one, that's not necessarily cheap, but at the same time, compared to the $80 Azul bottle, it's right up there. I, I think it's damn close. And I would recommend, uh, if you, like, if, it, I will say this I is I give one, it a nine. I give it a nine. I, I, I'd definitely put it in a nine category as well. Um, if we're going to go number range, um, this is one that I've seen on the shelf at restaurants or I've seen on the shelf at bars before. Uh, it's, it's not hard to find. It's in a lot of liquor stores, um, but I had not tried it at this point. And uh, I think it's a definite recommend. If you like, even if, I tell you what, it reminds me of a whiskey or a scotch. It's kind of like a, you know, it's like a whiskey scotch tequila. Um, very cool. Very great. great flavor. And uh, so if you, if you like that family, one thing that John and I have been kind of um, getting into a little bit more, and I, part of it with me, just I, I love Mexican food, and uh, I enjoy margaritas and stuff like that, but um, what's, what's kind of interested me in, in recent years is uh, kind of experimenting with creating margaritas and just different flavors and different blends, and what ends, what's ended up happening is that I've been kind of introduced to different tequilas along the way. And found out, which I don't know, this is like an education to me, but like I didn't know, like just drink tequila on the rocks like you would drink bourbon or scotch or something like that. And 100%. I tell you what, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I love the flavoring um, uh, just as much as uh, a good bourbon. So um, recommend it. Uh, hope you all can get in tequilas just as much as, as we are, um, along with whatever else you drink. Um, and with, uh, what John and I were talking about, you know, if you, if you drink vodka, good for you, but there's plenty of other options out there. Not good for you. So, um, with that being cool. said, it's good stuff. I, we recommend, we recommend it. And, and uh, I think that kind of wraps up our episode five. I think we're good. So, uh, cheers, John. Cheers. For the rest of you out there, go hit some more greens. You'll score better. We'll see you. Thanks guys. <laughs>